Get ready to get blitzed on the Blitz Podcast at thehuddle.com with your host, Steve Gallo and Harley Schultz. Welcome back for another season of the Blitz Podcast. As usual, of course, I'm back. I'm Steve Gallo. I'm your main host, along with my main man, Harley Schultz. Harley, how's it going? You know, I'm doing good. It's August. We're starting to get closer and closer to football season. Watching some preseason football. Everything's starting to get the blood juices flowing. You know, this is my favorite time of year. You know, it's funny you say it's August. It's middle. It's the middle of August. I remember... The end of June, I do not know what happened to the six weeks between the end of June and today, quite honestly. Um, but, yeah, it's truly football season because a couple weeks ago, I actually took part in the Flex League's, Flex League's draft. And um, one of the participants is going to be with us a little bit later. He was on our show last year. You know what? You remember who that is? Uh, no, who's that? That'd be EY. EY, awesome. Now, if there's a guy who knows a little bit about flexing, it's definitely EY. Yeah, there you go. You know what else? He really gets to flex because he actually won the damn thing last year. Celebrity guest in the draft knocked all us experts, you know, through the ringer. You know, it, he put a uh, chokehold, uh, maybe body slammed a few of you guys, but in the end, ultimately, it was one, two, three. You guys did the job. Uh, I want to tell you, chokehold and body slammed me was Le'Veon Bell and Josh Gordon in the first four rounds. That's what did me. Oh, and Adrian Peterson, too. But that's neither here nor there. And then outside of EY, you know what else we're going to bring on? What's that? We're going to bring on, we need a little heart. Like the Scarecrow, we need some heart. So we're going to have Scott Fish join us. And I don't know if there's a guy with a bigger heart in the industry with what he does with Fantasy Cares and the Scott Fishbowl. Well, you know, getting Scott on here to talk about Fantasy Cares, it, it's just a great opportunity for the rest of our listeners, as, as well as all of EY's listeners and all of Scott's listeners, to know that... Uh, Fantasy does care, and there's there's more to fantasy than just us uh, telling you who to play each week. It, it's it's all about coming together to help America, help uh, help those who are more in need than we possibly could ever be. You know, one of the things I've always said and and felt, and I, I really mean this. Look, I've been a part of the huddle for over a decade, and we had a great community there. And now with Twitter, it, a lot of those types of forums have seemed to have, you know taken a little bit of a step back in a seat, you know, second seat to Twitter, but. It doesn't matter what site you represent. It truly is one family trying to move forward the fantasy football cause. And I've, it's just there are there's a ton of wonderful people. We've got a couple of them joining us this week, and that's great. And, and honestly, whatever we can do to help better this world, trust me, it needs it, so we'll take it. Um, but you want to know what makes the world even better? What's that? Listening to you do the Blitz Podcast News. Thank you, Steve. The biggest news of preseason week one was the announced suspension of Cowboys running back Ezekiel Elliott. Elliott was suspended for an alleged off-the-field incident during his college days when he hit his then-girl... I've just been told that this was a lie made up by an angry ex to impugn Zeke. Okay. 
We can now report that Elliot was suspended for an alleged off-the-field incident when he flashed a woman's... Uh, no, I take that back. We've been told she did not file a complaint in regard to this, so ignore that comment, too. Okay, folks, this just breaking. Elliot was indeed suspended for his role in a bar... But, uh, yeah, um... Okay, ignore that one, too. BPN News at this point can now officially report that Ezekiel Elliott was in fact suspended because Roger Goodell hates the Cowboys even more than he hates the Patriots. <laughs> in non-Ezekiel Elliott news, a much maligned rookie quarterback class all showed up in aces during the first week of the preseason. Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Kaiser, Patrick Mahomes, and even Mitchell Trubisky performed well beyond expectations in their first tastes of NFL action. It remains to be seen if any of these four will live up to their high draft pick status, but needless to say, they are all most enthralled to not be on the New York Jets. <laughs> Speaking of the Jets, much has been said in regard to the Jets' obvious attempts to tank this season in hope of acquiring the top pick in next year's draft. During the offseason, New York traded away or allowed to leave most of their talent on both sides of the football. Never a team to be outdone, their division mates, the Buffalo Bills, upon learning of the planned scripted losing by the Jets, promptly said, hold my beer. <laughs> Several key injuries occurred during the first week of the preseason, including to presumed fantasy breakout candidate Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill was placed on season-ending IR following a re-injury to his knee sustained during practice. To replace Tannehill, the Miami Dolphins signed the perennially mediocre Jay Cutler to a $10 million one-year contract. This, of course, leads to the obvious question. What? Were Colin Kaepernick, Johnny Manziel, Tim Tebow, Uncle Rico, or Shane Falco not available to sign for less? <laughs> and finally, in the least surprising news of the offseason, Jordan Reed is currently injured. This has been your BPN News Update. Wow. Okay. You're not quite in midseason form yet. That's softball. I think everybody saw that coming, but it was well worth it. Um, normally, I've got a couple guests that are waiting to come on. I'm going to say, normally we go to Harley and say, would you leave on the cutting room floor? I'm not doing that this week. I don't want to know <laughs> what he has on the cutting room floor. But we're going to get right at it. As we said earlier, uh, we've got Eric Young, EY, joining us. How's it going, EY? It's going good, man. Really good. And then, of course, we've got Scott Fish um, joining us. How are you doing, Scott? Great. Thanks for having me. No problem. Having me on, guys. It's our pleasure. Tell you what, why don't we do this? Hey, Scott, we're going to give you the floor first. We want you to tell everybody that's listening and that hopefully we can get this out to. Tell them about Fantasy Cares and then the Scott Fish Bowl. Sure. Well, I started the Scott Fish Bowl about eight years ago. We did take one year off. That's why we've only done seven so far. But over the last few years, I've, I've kind of used it as not just an expert analyst league to get analysts and fans together and, and try to get to know one, one, one another in the community. But I've also attached this charity aspect to try to try to have this industry do some good because I know when we come together, we can do so much good. One of the things I, I preach just in your regular leagues, if you're listening, take one of those entry fees and donate it to charity. It doesn't have to be my drive. Any charity, just one entry fee, you're not going to miss it. But Fantasy Cares, what it is is 
it's I run best ball leagues. You just draft and you're done. And you donate some money. There's some prizes involved. There's some uh, donations and sponsors from some great sites. And what we do is we take all of that money and we buy toys for kids every Christmas and donate it to Toys for Tots. Last year, we raised over $6,000. This year, because of the generosity of this amazing fantasy community, we've raised over $15,000 that we're going to buy all that many toys for kids. It's just unreal. It is unreal. And I've got to tell you something. And you may not know this, and a lot of people may not know this about me. It's one thing to say you feel good because you donated. I know how you feel because my wife and I used to own our own business. And when Katrina happened, we had a store that was similar to a Build-A-Bear, basically. When Katrina mm-hmm. happened, we have a lot of kids that would come into our stores where the parents would go, you don't need another bear. And I saw an opportunity. So what we did was we priced the bears at our cost, and we let the kids make them and donate them. And at the end of, the, and, and at the end of like a three-month period, we donated and sent down to the Toys for Tots in that area where Katrina hit. I think something like 250 teddy bears. So That's amazing. It, it's like, it, it really, so I understand where you're, and you're doing a hell of a lot more than what I did. Um, but trust me, people, it's, there's more to life than just what you put in your pocket. Feel good, give, and, and it'll make you feel better. It does. It makes you feel really, really good to, to do that. And I, I love that I have, I have a son that I take with me. I love that he gets to watch this and, and learn that this is this is something you can do to to try to you know <laughs> be good and and try to make the this this world a better place in, in a small way. And, and the reason we have to talk about this because news doesn't like to cover good things. News likes train wrecks. This is not a train wreck. No, it's 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 really really quite amazing what people I I hear stories not just with fantasy cares but because I run this and because SFB is run on this platform, I hear stories of people doing other stuff. You know, it, it doesn't get publicized, but it's it's amazing what the people out there are doing, and you just don't hear about it. So before I let Harley or even EY ask you a question, I've got a couple questions for you. What's the record for people turning you down for being in Scott Fishbowl? Do I hold it? <laughs> uh, you're up there. You're up there. Yeah. I think I've asked you just about every year. So and this year uh, I was able to take. This year I was able to take part. Um, so now yep. my, my second question is: What's the worst? But prior to this year, what's the worst group of drafted quarterbacks you've seen a team draft? Oh my gosh, I I wish I've seen some terrible ones. In fact, there's one this year that. The guy has uh, two. He has, let's see, he's got Tannehill, uh, someone else, that's, and two two players that aren't starters. Like he drafted basically three non-starters. He's going into this. So wait a minute. With already. So wait a minute. So you're saying that my Glennon, Trubisky, Kessler, and Hoyer is not the worst <laughs> quarterback grouping you've ever seen? Uh, it's, it's up there. <laughs> there have been some pretty, pretty bad ones, but, uh, yeah, the, the worst one I, I did see was at like Tannehill Watson and someone else that wasn't a starter. Okay. I can't remember who it was. So now in- here, I felt bad about having Tannehill Bradford and, uh, I believe, uh, not Trubisky, uh, Watson. Yeah. My other guy too. So, well, no, I, I've got two, I've got two thirds of that pairing there. EY's wow. not allowed to get into this conversation, and we'll talk about why. Um, he likes quarterbacks, so that's why I'm, we're not going to go there yet with EY. Um, but here's the thing. He won the money. We didn't win the big That is true. <laughs> I turned 50 earlier this year. 
I believe I drafted 11th in my division. And in all fairness, getting old and drafting close to the turn do not go hand-in-hand on a smartphone. Because I thought Mm. I drafted Carson Palmer. I then thought I drafted someone else. And then I looked and went, oh, shit, that wasn't me. That was the guy (laughs) on the turn getting me both ways. Oh, no. So I actually just at a glance thought that I had quarterbacks earlier. Yes, I do wait. Um, but no, that was not my intention. So the fact that I got Glennon and Trubisky, at least I know I've got one position locked up. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's, that's still, uh, wow. Yeah, what are you going to do? It happens. Yeah. Well, look, let's do this since we're talking quarterbacks. EY. Yeah. You won it all last year in the Flex League. I did. And I don't want to talk about last year. So <laughs> we can talk about this year. That's fine. So I'm undefeated this year. Hey, so am I. Yeah. So am I. And, we and all actually, are. you know what? Last year was kind of fun. I made a pl- I, I was hammered early with Bell being Le'Veon being suspended and then Josh Gordon not getting reinstated and Golden Tate coming slow out the gate and all that good stuff. I made a run. I missed the playoffs. I was the last team out. And that was what was fun was that I found out the day of the draft that I got to set the draft order. And I, I said, you know what? I think it's only fair. EY won the league. I'm going to ask him where he wants to draft. And as a good sportsman, he said, it doesn't matter. And I said, no, no, I want you to pick a spot. Eli, I don't remember what spot you picked. What would you pick? Do you remember? I think I said, I think I said uh, 10, 11, 12. And then what did I say? Fine. You're drafting? You pick seven. You pick seven. So I'm not as, <laughs> good, I'm not as good hearted as, as Scott is. <laughs> yeah. But, but Eli, Eli, he drafted a solid team. We'll talk about it a little bit. But he took the first quarterback off the board, Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I think that's not something that I typically do. Um, but for me, like at the fourth round, you know, I mean, I'm in the middle of the fourth round and he's still there. I'm not I'm just not going to let him go by. I want Aaron Rodgers. I think he's going to be the top quarterback. I don't you could put up an argument for Brady maybe this year. But I mean, they paid a bunch of running backs. I mean, I, I don't think they're not going to run the ball. So uh, to me, Aaron Rodgers is going to be the number one quarterback. And, and I wanted him on my team. I had him last year. Um, and, you know, last year, my team, I lost Keenan Allen first first quarter. Yeah. First, you know, and I, but that's I spent all my fab on Tyrell Williams, and ended up, it ended up working out pretty good for me. So, yeah, I don't think you're but allowed yeah. to complain at all. That's for sure. No. What were your favorite picks in the in the league this year? Uh for me, I loved getting Demarco Murray. I live in Nashville, so I'm a Tennessee fan, and I, I do. Uh, I have a home league here that I've run for the last twelve years, and you can't. I just you don't ever get tight. I don't ever get Titans because everyone here picks them way before they should. So I never get them. So it was cool to have DeMarco Murray. I think he's going to have another big year. Um, my biggest disappointment was Paul Perkins. Uh, <laughs> not that I was disappointed to have him. It's just I thought that uh, Derrick Henry was going to make it back to me, and someone took him. I wonder who that could be. I have no idea. I just know yeah. I was glad I was sitting on the. I'm glad I was sitting on the opposite side of the room then. <laughs> And I'm glad yeah, it I'm was, on the opposite side of the computer those, screen. It was one of those right really now. weird drafts where I – that happened like five or six times where I had a guy set and like all of my guys would get picked. And then I'd be sitting there like, oh, my, who am I going to pick now? So that's uh, that was really weird for me. I don't think I've ex- – I've experienced that a few times during the draft, but it happened five or six times in a row. And that was the worst one. I'll regret that. I, I know I'm going to regret it. I have to say I hope so. Um, yeah. <laughs> I hope so. I thought he was a great value at that point. I'm not all on the you know Derrick Henry thing. I think that he's drafted a little bit high for my liking, but I thought he was good value when I got him compared to what was on the board. And if I'm going to draft a guy as, an, as a backup like that, I like him to have a role, 
And I like to know that that role could push him into the top five or better if the guy in front of him goes down. Well, you know, uh, you're talking about being a big fan of the uh, Tennessee uh, football team there. And uh, my question for you then is, uh, obviously, Marcus Mariota is a very popular pick among quarterbacks this year. Uh, he's got a lot of weapons to choose to throw to. Uh, which of those wide receivers is going to be the one that people are going to want to own? I mean, obviously, again, there's a lot of receivers to choose from. They all have their upsides and downsides. Who do you think is going to have the best performance of them? I mean, for me, it's it's this. I feel like this is kind of like the Patriots, and like I'm not comparing. I'm in no way am I comparing the Titans to the Patriots, but there's so many guys that are all around the same skill level. I think Richard Matthews. Look, like people have doubted him for the last three years, and he just puts up points. Like he's been last year, especially he was a you know he was probably picked in in between the 12th and 15th round, and was he was a beast. You know, I mean, pretty much all year um, until Mariota went down. Uh, so I think the Start of the year is going to be him, but I believe Corey Davis by the end of the year is going to be the unheralded number one there. Uh, it, if he can stay healthy, I mean, I guess he's banged up and not really practicing kind of week to week now, but I think Corey Davis, because he's got all the tools, everyone's raving about him. I was at practice, but uh, Taiwan Taylor, he looks really he good. Looks good. He, he looks good. He looks really good. He looks really good. And that's, uh, I don't know, man. It's Matthews, I think, at the start of the year. I think Corey Davis by the end of the year, but I think the volume is going to be spread around so thin for everybody. I don't think any of them are going to be really useful fantasy-wise, to be honest. Good argument there. My question is, love Delaney Walker because of the value that he just has given his owners over the years, but I wonder if he's not going to be the one that gets hit the hardest because the volume can get spread around now. Yeah, for sure. I think last year, I mean, he had high volume because really it was only Richard Matthews. You know, Ken, Kendall Wright was a bust you know, they, uh, Tajay Sharp wasn't what he was supposed to be. Uh, that's another guy I had on my team last year. So, you know, it just, it, things were poor at wide receiver last year. And this year it's the complete opposite. I feel like they've got Decker, they've got, the, you know, Tywan Taylor, the new kid, they got Richard Matthews, they've got Corey Davis. They're loaded at wide receiver. Like it's the fastest turnaround of all time for wide receivers. And I think it's going to f- affect Walker. I don't think he's going to have even half the volume that he had last year. That wouldn't shock me. Decker, Decker is the one that's really going under the radar too, and I think that he's a guy that you can get at a great value that's going to fill in at times for you and give you that wide receiver three-plus value. Dude catches touchdowns, there's no doubt. Yeah. I once remember a guy on a team that I really used to root for, and they traded him because all he did was catch touchdowns. So, um, yeah, Buddy, was, he was a legend, that's for sure. So, Harley, what do you want to ask EY about the flex draft? Well, you know what? I, I would just like to say, what, what are some of the rules for our listeners out there who aren't a part of this league or who haven't taken a part in the flex draft like this before? Uh, what are some of the scoring rules that may be different than what your home league might yeah, have? I guess I should have told Harley that before we got on the call, too, huh? Um, it's, it is what it is. It's, it's fantasy league of experts is flex, but also it is a start one quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, one tight end, one defense, no kicker. We kick the kicker. Um, Jake Seeley, as you should, as you should. Jake Seeley at All In Kid on Twitter is the one that set this up and runs it. Does a great job, um, but then there's two flex spots. And last year, EY, I'll tell you, wide receivers flew off the board like there was, was no tomorrow. I started off running back, running back from the nine spot, and I was chasing it all draft because of that. And I went, I wanted David Johnson. He got sniped one pick in front of me, so I went with Adrian Peterson, figuring. Solid upside, safe floor, <laughs> ha. And then Le'Veon Bell in the second. I didn't care about his three- to four-game suspension. I was willing to eat that. 
But then, like I said, get Josh Gordon in the fifth, and it just it all went downhill quickly. But this year, there was a change. Wide receivers didn't seem to come off the board so quickly, did they? Yeah, it was uh, the complete opposite. I want to say, I can't remember the exact number. I get hit in the head too much to remember numbers from last year, but <laughs> I want to say it was around 55 in five rounds. Wow. 55 receivers. T- to put it in perspective, I took Torrey Smith, I believe, in the sixth round. Yeah, I had to I had to have another receiver. I think I went, I had Odell Beckham and Keenan Allen were my two guys that I went kind of early, but I went running back really heavy, I think, in between rounds four and six, and ended up with Crowell. And I I believe Crowell was the reason. Everyone kind of laughed at me, but I think he's him and picking up Tyrell Williams off the waiver wire was the reason I won. So that actually, uh, it brings up a really good point, though, about how the way a league is set up can really affect who ends up getting drafted. Like, I, I think back to uh, the Scott Fishbowl this year, in which case, uh, of the first 32 players taken in my particular division, I believe 22 of them were running backs. Now that's Jeez. kind of kind of an amazing that's old uh, change change of uh, pace compared to how we've always had these like wide receiver PPR everything so popular. Now all of a sudden the running backs are back, and I mean, is that going to be the new trend for this year then? I th- well, in fairness, in my leagues, I I specifically make the scoring screw people up. <laughs> I make <laughs> I make people I make people think way outside the box in my leagues. That's why I didn't think. I just drafted players I liked. <laughs> no, I'm serious. No, I don't. Actually, I don't let scoring affect my decision making too much because I draft by tiers. So once I I look at my tier and I, EY was across the, the table, so he didn't see this. I actually don't go with rankings. I just go with a list so I can scratch names off of. Drafts are too damn fluid, um, but I don't let the scoring impact my decision making as much. It's I don't. And there are certain players you go, yeah, okay, he's got to move down a little bit, or he's got to move down a tier. And it's just you know you do that. Um, we just lost Scott, I think. Um, so anyway, and that's just the way I look at it. I also, going back to when you talked about Derrick Henry and Paul Perkins, I just wrote an article. Um, I wanted to call it Fantasy Reach Around, but they wouldn't let me. Um, <laughs> so they call, I don't even know what we Got my it. attention. Yeah, what did you, what did, do you remember what they named it, Harley? I don't remember. Anyway, what it was about was, don't be a, well, oh, don't be a slave say, to I ADP. I wouldn't use that particular term. So. Yeah, it was called Don't Be a Slave to ADP. And basically what I did was I showed the past three years, I cherry-picked. And I said, look at each of these players if you reached a round or more for them. And I showed where they finished. So if you love a guy, go get that guy, you know? So if you really love Derrick Henry, if you get cute, and this is nothing against you, EY, everybody does it, then you may yep. wind up missing out on that guy. Yep. And if, you've yep. got, if you like Derrick Henry, you like Paul Perkins, you like a couple guys in the same area, then it's okay. You go, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait and I'll take who I get. But if you truly feel, I think he can be this, don't wait. Um, it kind of goes hand in hand with what Harley said earlier, too about you know what what scott's doing and stuff we, we play this game to have fun your money's in there and there, there's people that do it strictly for the money but if you're doing it to have some fun get the guy you I, want. I see you looked at me when you when you said that comment of course <laughs> about trying to do it for the money well you know hey you're a dfs guy so yeah <laughs> um i'll tell you what we did lose scott i'm gonna see if i can pull him i'm back, back now oh he's back now i just can't okay. see his pretty face he's yeah there. So, hey, I was going to tell you something interesting about your Flex League. Have you done the Fantasy Pros uh, grade the draft thing? No, because I was afraid to. Oh, well, <laughs> Mr. Steve, Gall- Steve Gallo was given the highest score predicted to win wow. his division or his league. Well, that's, you know what that means. Preseason champ, regular season chump. 
Yep. <laughs> I do like your team, yeah, for sure. Well, uh, you know what? Let's let's talk to you about my team real quick because it's definitely not the team I expected to craft. I usually wait on everybody knows I wait on quarterback, um, and I usually wait on tight end. But in round seven, Jordan Reed was still on the board, and yes, he's made like glass. But when he plays, he's definitely up there. He's a top option, and I figure I can cobble together some value. And I went off the rails. I wanted to take in like three tight ends. I think in the next three rounds or four rounds, something like that. But with the flex option, I can start all three if I wanted to. How do you guys feel about going that route when you're in a flex in a flex league with that many tight ends? When it's, in my eyes, I love Martellus Bennett. I think he he's got the best quarterback in the world throwing the football to him. I think he's going to far out exceed people's expectations. And then I also picked up Zach Ertz. Seeing J Mac go away to Buffalo makes me like Ertz even more now. So, yeah, I have, actually have uh, Ertz as my number four tight end. I moved him up today. Uh, with, you know, Matthews being gone, he's going to be the guy down the middle, you know, uh, mid-range. He's going to be their goal line, I believe. So, yeah, I, I got I moved Ertz up. He was already high. I think I was really high on him already, but I moved him way up. And with, with the tight ends, I don't know, it just scares me. Every year, Martellus Bennett, I think, I think he could be good, but with so many other targets in Green Bay, they throw to the running backs, they throw to the receivers, they throw to everybody. So, I, I, I mean, just to me, I would be too scared it could all, it could work out, you know. I mean, it could work out, but having that many tight ends in my roster, I don't even have it like starting one, let alone three. So, and, and here's what I'm going to tell you guys too. I actually did a little bit of research. I kept saying I'm going to do an article, and I just have not had the time to do it over the past three or four years. And when I get when I'm on I'm on WDAE out of Tampa every Friday during the football season, and we get callers, and that's what precipitated the research. And I've been telling people for years when they say, "Do I start this player or this player in my flex spot?" and if the one of those players is a tight end, I always tell them to fault to the other player. And there's a reason for that. Tight ends just do not score as many points. They may be safe. You may be able to get that seven to nine points. But predominantly, historically, at the research that I did that I haven't put into any kind of article yet, their numbers are capped. You're not going to get that huge 20-point game out of a tight end. We'd have an interesting argument on that because I know that uh, one of the big things I've always preached last year from a daily fantasy standpoint is particularly on DraftKings where you do have flexible position players based on their price point, which is oftentimes way below that of the premier running backs and wide receivers. You can put out a second tight end in those type of formats and, and make some good money at it. Gotcha. So, Scott, you're sitting there looking at the Flex, the flex League. We're going to ask you, what else? who else do you like? Give, me, give us two more teams that you like. Eric better be one two. of them. Two teams that I like. Let, let me put it to the rosters page. I was on the uh, draft page taking a look. Um, let's see here. Quick look. Well, this isn't a very quick look for you. Are you pointing at yourself, Steve? <laughs> no, I was, I'm giving Harley signals. So, so EY, while he's oh. glancing at that, how many of these expert-type leagues do you do as a celebrity? Uh, well, I'll do, I do, this one is pretty much the only like competitive one. I do fantasy cup with uh fantasy network. It's more celebrity, some analysts. It, it's super competitive though. I do that. It's for, it's for charity. Uh, Lisa Ann, um, I think they had Keith Bullock last year. Uh, they had the governor, uh, or the governor, 
from uh, I can't think of his name from New York during all the DFS stuff last year. He came and did the draft. So yeah, it's a really it's really fun. Fantasy Network does a great job. They they put it on the air and it's on Sirius and uh, yeah, it was great. So I, those are the two I do and uh, the. In the WWE, there's a bunch of guys like it's, you know, I mean, it's everywhere. So I'm in uh, one where it's just NXT guys. And then I got a call to join the WWE one with Miz and uh, Jason Jordan, a bunch of guys that, that play up there. So I'm nice. in that one as well. Hey, listen, you mentioned Keith Bullock and I told Scott we weren't going to talk IDP, but I would be remiss if I didn't say this. Keith Bullock is a guy that he kind of was the reason I created what I call top tackle opportunity production metric back in the day. Remember how good he was? And he I like remember a, like he, it was yesterday. He had, like still a, played. he had like a three or four year stretch where his numbers fantasy wise were just astronomical. And then all of a sudden he completely fell off a cliff and no one in the world knew why no one. And I don't like not knowing. So I decided that I was going to dig. And I got to find out why there's got to be something. And that's, and that's before the days of PFF. PFF, I think, started like right after that. So I was trying to find articles on snap count, found out the NFL had them and they don't share them, all that stuff. So I had to use time of possession. I had to use offensive and de- defensive snaps. And what I found was, and it's somewhere at the huddle still, believe it or not. You might be able to find it if I dig. I found that you actually could chart his numbers over that four-year stretch. And where it was elite production for three years, you actually saw the steady decline if you used the metrics. Oh, wow. And, huh. and, it, and then it made sense because it just showed how opportunity can really shape that output. Um, so right. he's, he's a pivotal guy for me from an IDP standpoint. Loved him as a player, owned him, won many championships with him. But he was that, that just that lightning rod that made us dig deeper as fantasy analysts on the IDP side to try and figure out what the heck happened. Scott, you ready? Maybe we lost Scott. Scott doesn't like any other teams but mine. <laughs> Just yours. That's fine. That's good. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. In parting, EY, you got anything you'd like to add? Uh, no, man. I just, uh, you know, I love coming on here and like for real, like I know like people when the people listen to this, try to like in your mind, like be part of the conversation because having these conversations is what shapes y- your decisions in drafting. You mean, and like when I go in, like I do use ADP, but I don't like just draft the top guy. Like, uh, you know, I'm trying to fill a team. I'm, I'm watching what other people are doing and you're right. It's so fluid and you don't know, you know, and some guy will, will like a guy and reach for him. I do that all the time. Um, I got Tavon Austin on like every team I've drafted so far this year. I I'm still sorry. believe yeah, no, I I think you can get him so late. I think he's a value, and I think he's going to catch a bunch of balls. I think he's going. I think they're they're going to be improved. I don't think they could be worse, but I think they're going to be improved by quite a bit. That's that's what I believe. So have beliefs. You I mean have that? It's what makes things fun. I was a guy that was high, really high on Isaiah Crowell last night. Everyone told me I was crazy. He plays on a top, an awful team, and he's not going to touch the ball, and they're never going to run. They're going to throw. They're going to be down. Well, they were down, and they were behind, but they still ran the ball, and they ran the ball a lot with him. He was a, a good pick. I think I got him in like the 12th or 13th round. So have guys like that that you go after and put them on your teams and, and hope that you're right because that's what makes it fun. Nope, I agree with you a thousand percent. Absolutely, I do. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate you being with us. Scott, I hear you. You got, you got that answer, and I'll give you your last parting thoughts, too. Yeah, I'm sorry. My internet must be just having a terrible night. Uh, I think the two teams that I like the best, to answer a question from minutes ago, is Joe Dolan, out, outside of present company, of course, 
Joe Dolan, I really like his team, and I really like Jim McCormick, what he did. Um, I, I just think they're well-balanced, and, and I don't see too many weaknesses. And I think with waivers, they can, they can really make a run. Uh, to plug, I guess I do all my work at fanball.com. You can find my rankings, my articles, everything there. We will be launching soon with our daily site. And uh, Fantasy Cares, uh, go sign up for leagues. Maybe donate money if you want to. If you don't, that's fine. If you want to do something charity and you're, that you're passionate about, go do that. So uh, thanks for having me on, guys. It's, it's been great. No, it was our pleasure. Scott, give them your Twitter account so they can follow you. At ScottFish24. And Eric? Uh, the Eric Young. And that's E-R-I-C, not a K. E-R-I-C, yep. Okay. And Harley, of course, we can follow Harley at Nuclear Harley. You can follow me at Steve Gallo NFL. And make sure you check back next week when Harley and I will definitely be breaking down some of the positional players and what we think you can do in drafts, value-wise, et cetera. And, of course, you'll have to check back and see what else it is that – can you smell what we got cooking? No? We'll check back next week so you can. Sound good, Harley? Sounds good. Tell you what, as always, get blessed responsibly. Woo! Cheers. <laughs>